Phillips Mar, one of your three co-hosts here at Messy Podcast, Messy Truths Podcast, excuse me. It's also messy though. It is messy. <laughs> it's pretty messy. Well, Azar, since you're talking, you go and introduce yourself. And it's Azar from NYC. And you know who it is. It's Nisha, always holding it down for the Kanagahage Nation in the uh, fantastic Quebec. And I say that with lots of dripping sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. So today happens to be the day that um, the, let's see, Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp are all down. All of them. All three platforms are down. And ironically, we're talking about social media today, guys. But we are part of that social media generation that knows how to function without the apps. I can't say enough about my students who found this out. Because after you told us, Mar, I told the kids and they're like, yo, miss, can we check it out? Can we see? Nah, you're good. And then they came back and they're like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? What do you mean, what are you going to do? <laughs> Go outside and eat lunch, bro. (laughs) Talk to each other. Have a conversation. Right. Face to face. face. Let me see your eyes for the first time. Yeah. yeah. Wow. But I mean, we have definitely been, I feel like one of the interesting things about our generation is that the technology and social media came into our lives. Like, you know, at a time where we weren't used to it from before, but we had to adapt. So I think that's really interesting about what we have experienced in our lifetime, right? Like the stark difference between what was an era that had zero uh, social media and what is now an era that is entirely taken over by social media. So I think we have a pretty cool perspective to, to talk about. We're definitely that last generation. I mean, when I was in grade five, don't tell me why I remember this, but I remember those first version of Macs and our teaching us, teacher giving us computer studies. And so we're very much that cutoff point. After us, people were born looking at the screen, right? They come out the womb like, hey, can you put me on my gram? People make grams for their children and their animals. So... <laughs> yes, yes, they do. So I think what we want to discuss today, besides, you know, our maybe funny anecdotes, experiences with social media and feelings towards social media, also a few um, of the interesting social media accounts that we might follow. And um, I think it's going to be fun. But I just wanted to kind of before we do that, do a little bit of history on social media and, and how it came about, if you guys don't mind. Um, I had mentioned the the bulletin board system in our last episode. Um, and again, I was a pretty early adopter. So the first electronic bulletin board system, which was actually kind of modeled after the physical bulletin boards that, you know, people use in communities and classrooms and schools and whatnot, um, was actually developed in 1978. So it dates way back. I mean, just a year after I was born. Pretty interesting. Um, And then what I remember being a part of and actually was one of my first introductions to the World Wide Web was the Internet Relay Chat which was developed in 1988. Now, I don't know if you guys were on IRC, but I was like 
hella on IRC. So <laughs> I was on something called the Undernet channel or Undernet network um, in the rap channel. And I was an operator, a mod, if you will. And it's interesting because I met people like Apathy, Eternia, all of those people, the, the hip hop, you know, crew, we kind of started our conversations and it kind of globally connected us on IRC. Um, I think in 1989 is when the World Wide Web was actually developed, and it was a method to connect scientists and institutions and schools. That's how it started. Um, and then it was given to the world. But the first actual social media platform is called Six Degrees. And I don't know if you guys remember Six Degrees. I definitely don't. No. That was 97. But the first social media platform that I was a part of was Friendster. Do you guys remind, yes, you remember Friendster? Yeah, I remember Friendster. There you yeah. go. Two, 2001 was when Friendster came about. And actually, LinkedIn was developed right after that in 2002. And of course, my favorite, MySpace, came out in 2003. <laughs> when I tell you, I was on the MySpace music page and I made moves on that platform. Do you guys yeah. remember your top eight friends on MySpace? Okay, full disclosure, I never got into MySpace. I, oh, Lord. I, oh, really? I no, I, I wasn't. Social media and I are, are strange. Um, I really want to say, though, I appreciate Oz giving us a little bit of background because I just, I'm trying to remember back to like when I fell in love with <laughs> social media or the internet because you know, there's a sh the movie that I love, Love and Basketball, or no, not Love and Basketball. Oh my God. Anyways, the sentence is, when did you fall in love with hip hop? And it's really clear to me when I fell in love with hip hop. But when did I fall in love with the internet? I don't know, but I do use it often. And the first thing that I remember is the static sound of the dial-up. <laughs> the dial-up? Yeah, and how annoyed I used to be. And you'd hear that... I have to plug it in and how annoyed I used to be about like if there was no connection because I didn't understand you know it's a whole new skill that a lot of us learned how to troubleshoot how to use your mouse all these kind of words but MySpace was never doing it for me I really enjoyed um pages like I used to be on this page like the black net pages where I could connect with all these other black people around the world. That's how I met some of my dopest friends in California. But MySpace, I just, I don't know. I always thought it was for artists. So I wasn't. It, it was for artists, but there were also other people on there too, non-artists. I mean, it was great. I learned, I discovered some good music, some good artists on that, on that platform, um, connected with a few people. Uh, I met a few friends off of uh off of myspace as a result of that i also met friends uh through black planet yeah black oh my planet, god black planet was also Hashtag one of my black favorites planet. yeah, you know yeah black didn't... planet was one of my favorites and then remember they came out with mihente.com too yes okay, I yes i don't know that yeah one. i didn't get on there but i do remember and unfortunately i didn't even put black planet on here but absolutely that was a big one a big yeah, one yeah i met That's a lot so of good true. people through black planet it was it was, it was those were definitely good times in terms of um you know connecting really connecting with people like proper connecting before yeah. we moved into the era of tmz style and <laughs> you know uh tabloid style uh social media accounts where everyone's just you know tiktoking and influencing mm -hmm. and not really influencing but they think they're influencing and 
and whatnot. But yeah, those, actually, those were the go-tos for me back in the day. It's quite troubling how much our focus has been reduced to a 30-second caption or 15 seconds 15. on Instagram. Yeah, Instagram mm-hmm. is 15. It's actually quite troubling. Also, what's troubling, and you know, I always have to bring in my teacher perspective, is social media has killed the art of spelling correctly. Oh, my God. Texting, social media... I, I'm always correcting stuff. And I'm talking about university, not high school. High school, I give them a pass. But university, when you start writing TXT, like what happened to the E? You couldn't just put in the E? Like <laughs> you lost the E? But I, I really long. think it's developed some skills, but it's also reduced balance in all the skills that we need. So that's something that I find, eh, I don't know. I think that's the difference between our generation and younger generations, right? We experience what education was, the education system was like before computers and the internet came along. And then we also uh, were ushered into it by the time that we were done high school. Yeah. And so we have a good balance between what life was like without it versus what life was like, what life is like with it. Whereas... Younger people, unfortunately, they don't really have a good grasp of what life was like without social media and the internet before. So naturally, their spelling is not going to be the same. They're going to be writing papers with um, the same sort of SMS style texting, (laughs) the same sort of SMS language that they use on their on their cell phones. So well, I'd like to think school is correcting that. But at the same time, I I mean, if everybody is communicating that way, you never know language might evolve uh, to that eventually, hopefully not. I know you guys are are big language people. So let me just, uh, you know, back off the English language. I hope it doesn't change. (laughs) I really, really hope. (laughs) I don't know if I'm like, well, first of all, English is a bastard language, right? That's the history right. of English. It takes from other languages and then forms itself as, you know, let me not get into that. But um, it's interesting. Language development is interesting. I just think you're right, Mara, that there, we do live in this equilibrium in our generation who's able to know what was before and what came next. And I think there are some lost skills that we need to always hold on to. Like, for example, oh, my cell phone's dead. How do I communicate? What do you mean? Go to a pay phone. Uh, learn how to use your landline. There's some. There's a little bit of survival. Things landline? Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about because there's not even that many. I and have a landline, Even pay phones. But even pay phones, there's not that many. There's not that many around here that, that are functional. They're urinals, but they're not pay phones. <laughs> I've had the pleasure of being in a form of a uh, they're not tsunamis a mo- no they're not monsoons anyhow like hurricanes in the water what typhoon mm-hmm. and okay. in a typhoon sorry in a typhoon um you know the, the the towers go down for the internet and the only thing that works is your bloody landline <laughs> i know that Right. My mother has me on the survival 101. You got to have your candles. You got to have your landline. But young folks, they're going to be lost if they can't figure out how to go on the Internet. They don't even know what an encyclopedia is. Right. That but they don't need to. decimal system at the library. Right. But that's the thing. They don't need to. It's like saying, you know, like that we as younger generations needed to know how to send um 
Not a fax. What was the shit that came? Telegram. We don't need to. That shit is going to be outdated in a second. So, and honestly, Nisha, I don't even think we, we can have landlines where I'm at in this building anymore. I think all of our landlines have been converted to like uh, voice over IP. I, I could be wrong, but I'm assuming really? because that, yeah, because there's been a lot of change in that, in that, in that sense. But let me just run down this timeline real quick and then we'll get back to landlines. Um, so 2004, Facebook came, and I don't know if you guys remember, but it was just for colleges. There were only certain colleges that had access to Facebook. So you had to have an email address that had a college domain in order to get on Facebook. So it was for the elite uh, college students at first. Um, I don't know. You guys, are you guys on Reddit? Do any of you? Oh, yeah. I'm on Reddit, it? yeah. Reddit came around 2005. Love followed by Twitter 2006 and Instagram and Pinterest both made their debut in 2010, followed by Snapchat in 2011 and our favorite TikTok 2016. Oh God. Whose favorite? I refuse to get that app. Refuse. I know the truth is if I get that app, I know hours of my life will be wasted. I'm not rolling You're right. with TikTok, man. Sorry. I got to tell you though. The creativity in, on TikTok is next level, guys. Yeah, I mean, that's why I wait level. for it to appear on Instagram. Exactly. I feel you. Yeah. So I feel we, you. We are so hip at our school that because of the pandemic, we have a school TikTok account. Amazing. Where we actually created a, um, a dance train in our school so the kids couldn't have a prom where they all created TikTok videos of themselves on our school account. So we have that. But they're oh, like, cute. oh, and I actually had to appear in a TikTok. And I was like, I don't want to do this. But <laughs> the kids are like, come on, miss. So I wore Biggie. I had to rep my hip hop and did the TikTok. But I refused to download because I know that I will lose hours of my precious life watching people do things to entertain me. Well, so I got to tell you, I, I did a little experience experimenting with TikTok myself and I just tried one of the pet TikTok videos and that shit got damn near a thousand views and then for a second I thought I was gonna be a TikTok sensation overnight and then my second video flopped so that was the end of my <laughs> that was the end of that TikTok career I just you know what though I'll give it to people who do TikTok though because you know what they're really putting themselves out there and I think that part is amazing like some of the things that these people will do I'm like, oh, no, that's not for me. But <laughs> I, I, I got mad respect. I have a friend whose TikTok is like in perfectionist mom, hot mess, something like that. And her shit is funny, but I'll watch it on Instagram. I don't want to watch it on TikTok. I refuse to get this app only for my yeah. own sanity. I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I'm not I don't plan on uh, ever downloading it on my phone ever. Yeah, I definitely think it's not for our generation per se, but you know, I'm trying to stay current and, and I'm trying to stay yeah. cool for my kids. Um, although yes, I do have a TikTok account and TikTok on my phone, but I do not generally go on TikTok. The TikToks that are special, they kind of like creme de la creme rises mm -hmm. to the top and makes mm -hmm. its way, like you said, on Instagram or, you know, by other means, by people sharing it with me on WhatsApp or whatever. But full um, disclosure, I am an Instagram whore. I love oh. some Instagram. Same, same. same. I, I tried to make the effort at the beginning of the year to get off of Instagram. <laughs> that obviously failed like 30 no. days in. 
Oh, it was terrible. Yeah. Uh, it's really hard. It's really hard. I, I absolutely love IG and just going on there and seeing, you know, all of the all of the craziness. It's it's all of like the batshit crazy videos and whatnot that I really, really love to see. Like Crime Faces is obviously <laughs> one of my favorites. Oh, boy. It's like, you know, it's like you get all the world star hip hop <laughs> videos like that on that platform oh i've never and, even heard and of similar. it <clears throat> and similar you know it's just it just i just want to see all the crazy stuff curated in in one account it saves me time having to go search for it out there uh... on my own because i just i just don't have the time to you know look this stuff up but if if the crazy can be found all in one profile i am definitely subscribing <laughs> to that you're there i am totally there you know, I got to tell you, it, it really does annoy me the way that Instagram algorithm works, because I, in doing research for this show, I was looking through some of the people that I followed and I was like, damn, I haven't seen something that they posted in like months. Like what happened? And I yeah. just don't like that Instagram chooses for me what uh, they want me to see. The, yeah, the, more, the more you watch certain videos, the more videos like that kind of content that they'll continue to keep showing you. Like I've seen... Right all the natural hair videos I could possibly watch come up on my timeline and they just won't stop showing it to me. And it's like, guys, I don't only like natural hair videos and seeing people dye their hair. I also like to see the batshit crazy stuff, all the criminal activity. I do also like to see um, hot guys, influencers from overseas in Europe. Um, there's some beautiful, beautiful men over there, uh, you know, and, and that sort of thing. So, so it's just kind of weird. That- you're saying that IG hasn't figured out the algorithm of diversity because it keeps giving us what we like versus like perhaps suggesting. It's not like where Facebook yeah. says, perhaps you should be friends with this person, right? It's like Facebook makes those suggestions to you. Like you can no. be friends. Let me tell you, Facebook, IG, they all make very, very strange suggestions. And the reason why I find it so creepy is because I don't even type some of this shit. I might just have a conversation or more a thought about it. And that shit shows up as an ad on my goddamn stream. And I'm pissed because I'm like, how? Why? This is just so intrusive. It is listening. It's listening to my thoughts, Nisha. I know. (laughs) Listen, husband and I were watching a show and we watched the politicians put their phone in the freezer so the phone couldn't listen to them. I was like, yo. Oh, no. I believe it. We should be doing that. I believe that. I totally believe that. I'm a huge fan of Mr. Robot. I've seen every single season. It is a great show. Very, very dense content. There's some very dark stuff in there about, you know, the internet and the forces that be around the world that are controlling everything. Yeah, that's a whole other show. But I'm just saying (laughs) they're not crazy for doing that at all. I watch Black Mirror, so... Oh, that was Black, a good one, yep. too. Oh, Black Mirror is my show. But Oz, let, let me let you finish. We're, like, all up in Oz. Oh, no, that's... Lesson. I mean, really, that's it. I mean, recently, I, I got into Clubhouse a little bit. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar yeah. with the platform. Yeah. But, you know, ugh, the pretentiousness and the... Uh, I was over it oh, really you mean quickly. The fake people. It's just not even fake people. It's just, like, listen, I love that we're, like, having panel discussions, but... I think you just want to hear yourself a little too much. Uh, Have a seat. 
that's that's what I was getting from it. And initially, it was pretty cool for networking. Um, but like, you know, every other platform, it starts with having like a selective group of people, and then it just becomes mass consumed. And it's just a different experience altogether. So I was yeah. on and off that shit quick. Um, I, I but the kids told me about for fans only. Yeah, 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 yeah. Only yeah. fans? <laughs> Only fans. We talked about that. Yeah, I know. And they're like, Miss, no, no, not interested. I'm not getting caught teachers on yeah. OnlyFans. No. No. Mm-hmm. I've never been on there. It's like Patreon and and so many of these mm-hmm. other platforms. It's everything is behind a paywall, you know? But yeah, um, yeah it's just that some platforms you like have it? more have more uh, smut more than the others. Right. Good. But now that we're on the the topic of, you know, social media, I would love to hear about some of the interesting or cooler pages that you follow. Miranda, you just said crime faces. I'm yeah, going really. to quickly go up. and check that out. We can't right now because the freaking platform is down. But oh, that. I mean, really, the timing couldn't be better. That's just one social- account that I, I love to uh, to look at at the end of the day when I, you know, want to rest, not rest my mind, but just want to watch non um right substantial non-stimulating like, non right yes substantial uh content um, makes sense okay. so let me just start off with a couple of people actually a few people locally uh there is whoops let me just go through my account here uh there is a young lady by the name of danielle morell cox uh, she is an author and a designer, um, and she's also a really cool illustrator. She has created a, a couple of plush toys um, known as Zuri and Dre, mm-hmm. and has uh, even had, you, if you look at some of her illustrations of those characters um, on her Instagram, she shows that she recently um, got some coverage in an empty storefront because in Montreal, you know, the empty storefronts are being uh, plastered with uh, different designs and all kinds of illustrations. So she happened to get some coverage that way. Um, so I would strongly recommend following her. She's a local Montreal artist and I really like some of her stuff. Uh, there is and we'll also- tag... Sorry, we'll tag everybody on the on our Instagram yeah. and, and once, once we put up, up the episode. Mm-hmm. Go on. Sorry, Marin. Uh There's also a DJ producer by the name of Obuxum uh, out of Toronto who was, uh, I, be- I found out about her because she was, I believe that she was um, uh, shortlisted or long longlisted and then potentially shortlisted for the, uh, for like a songwriting award here in Canada. Um, and she came out with an EP, um, a few years ago and it was actually really good. I, I downloaded it and I was like, man, this girl actually, it's, it's a lot of experimental, like there's, there's, it's EDM meets R&B meets other genres of music kind of mixed in there. So there's a lot of experimental stuff, but she's a really beautiful girl. Uh, not that that has anything to do with it, but she's absolutely fantastic <laughs> in terms of her um, her musical uh, ear, f- you know, for different sounds and so forth. And she just is is doing a great job in terms of um, some of the um, the music that she's putting out. Um, most of the stuff that I've seen recently on her account has been more DJs DJing different gigs and so forth. Um, 
but I hope she puts out some new music really soon because I really liked what she uh, what she did before. And speaking of social media, there is a local company uh, here called High Season. That's um, Tiffany and Craig. They divide their time between Montreal and Toronto. And I guess if you really want to know what the hacks are on social media, there you go to's. Oh, that's They've cool. done some stuff for um, the NBA. Mm. Uh, they've done they they've they've had some really good contracts and done some great marketing for uh, pretty big brands. And every time I see their videos, it's like sometimes it's unintentional. Other times I go looking for um, some information about how to figure out how to get my way around um, Instagram and you know the different hashtags that they require for a post to really get boosted. And I find that they offer some pretty easy to understand tips on how to manage all of that. So those are those are just um, yeah, high season. High season is the agency. Um, very very cool. Uh, very cool um, account. That's dope. And. I think that's about it. I, I got more, but I'm just like, I don't know. If I- <laughs> okay, we can, we can start there. Nisha, do you have any interesting um, ones? Well, now that my gram is down, which is actually, I'm, see, I'm actually okay. I'm like, oh, the gram is down. Yeah, okay. Other people are probably like, oh, my God, the gram is down. <laughs> um, so the ones that always, first of all, you, you both know who I'm going to tell you I follow without a doubt. D Smoke, without- Jill Scott. Jill Scott. Yeah. No, first, no, hold on, hold on. I follow Sir. Oz and Mar, first oh, and foremost. Right. So then sweet. Jill Scott. Okay. Yes, okay. yes. Okay. I'm putting you above Jill Scott. We appreciate yeah, that because we know Jill I- Scott ranks very high on your list. Way high. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Okay, yes, whatever. <laughs> Um, I definitely, I definitely follow Kama the creator, which we featured her music. Yes. Um, oh, she's dope. I started following her too. Yeah. She's, well, she does everything as far as I'm concerned, but, um, but I actually have two Instas. Actually, no, I'm lying. I've got three Instas. You're doing oh, right. a couple of burner accounts. Me too. Uh, <laughs> I've got the Insta for my business. I've got the Insta for me, which is super private. And then I have Insta for school. So kids aren't looking for me, which is what I need to do. Um, so Insta for school, I follow former students. It's a great way to find out what they're doing and some things you don't want to know they're doing, but you still get to keep in touch with them. And I like that. For my business, I follow a couple accounts like Jedi Kids, who are like an anti-racism books and they write things like that. And I like them. I also follow a lot of black owned and indigenous businesses on both accounts. I really love the res life. If you've ever seen me wear a shirt that says um, burn sage, grass, and the Indian Act, that comes from the reslife.com. Cool. And I follow Indie City, another, if you ever watch, see my indigenous earrings, uh, Indie City, Cedar Eve, Brano Jackson, like those are my go-to. Um, I follow a lot of like clothes, I realize this. Dianu. Uh, and then I follow some people that I'm like, you're interesting. I follow a group called, how come I can't remember? Hold on. Let me just check my music. Of course, I follow Jill Scott. That's all that's in my head all the time. That's all <laughs> I think about. Um, what are they called? Moonchild. 
I really like oh, yeah. Carl Moonchild. You mentioned them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like them. I follow them. I just started following. I don't follow Bay Beyonce. I I don't I don't know if I care. That's the problem. I also follow a lot of local businesses, a lot of local Montreal businesses, but I'm a snob. I need to check your profile. I need to make sure everything's ethical or I won't follow you. It's so bad. I've realized this, that there's a part of me that's like self-righteous. Like, no, you have no indigenous thing. No, you don't have any pronouns. No, I don't. I love that though. That's great. I mean, listen, you have to be selective. And also like, why not raise the standard and caliber of the people that you're going to be receiving content from? I, I think we should all be a little bit more selective. And actually, when I did first start uh, jumping on Instagram more actively, I was really into fitness, like really, mm. really into fitness. And I was following some accounts that I have recently unfollowed because I realized how unhealthy and fake mm. that shit was. And it's like, it took me a long time. You know, I've definitely always had like this, whatever, unrealistic expectation when it came to fitness and my goals. And I realized that Instagram was really like, um, making that worse for me like just pushing mm-hmm. that fakeness yeah. and unrealistic yeah. goal unrealistic um, expectations i yeah. mean you guys all had surgery and and you're trying to sell me a program exactly. which i've purchased a few of and you know different eating habits anyway i i've made a real big switch i find and actually one of the people that i follow who happens to be the only white person on this list by the way is um <laughs> is the bird's papaya and she actually lives in guelph Um, And I don't know if you guys are familiar with her, but she did a lot of like um, body positivity uh, posts and she's super vulnerable, super funny, uh, just just like a kind of really cool person. And you get a real glimpse of her life, but she's constantly promoting um, the whole. Yeah. And she even has an app that she created that adds glitter to stretch marks. So if you ever take a picture of yourself, it's like it glitterizes. stretch. I think it's super cool. And she's super funny. So I really do. My whole butt will be covered if I take a photo. (laughs) (laughs) And another person I follow, which is a local, um, a local trainer that actually has a studio had a studio downstairs from here and the pandemic hit him kind of hard just in terms of physical location because he blew up in every other way and his name is Yusuf Myers but his Instagram page is I am PRX and I don't know if you guys know this but I did a challenge of his I used to go to his studio anytime that I could and I feel really bad because I just didn't go as often as I should have when it was here and a physical place um, but I did join his program online and Man, I saw this guy convert his business to an online model and he has so many followers and fans and people all over the world that have changed their bodies and transformed themselves off of him. And he is a G. So awesome. big up to Yusuf. I think you used to send those to us. Yeah, I yeah, did. I and I told so. you. And I were like, nah, man. No, thanks. It is a whole other level, but this I love him. And he does like a lot of really cool workouts in a park up here. So every once in a while, he does an in-person workout. Anyway, I think it's the brand is super cool. He's awesome as a person. And it's a Dykeman staple. So like, I love that it has been put on the map, you know, because it's mm-hmm. it's the hood at this point. Um, 
And another person who I follow, and I'm going to let you guys go and then I'll tell you about my rest later, is uh, Shirin Eskandari, who is a coach. And her platform is called, her Instagram is Wholehearted Coaching. And I actually recently have hired her and have joined her program. And she's actually one of mine. She's an Iranian-Canadian who has moved to new york and she was actually an opera singer guys like fully like on you know doing major operas here in new york city and she completely switched lanes and decided that's not what she was happy doing and funny enough her ex-boyfriend is how i met her because her ex-boyfriend was a producer that i managed back in the day and now here we are years later and it just just aligns she's awesome she is just gives the wellness community like such a she just comes from a different perspective as a as a person of color, as an immigrant, and mm-hmm. she really speaks to me, and I think her work is phenomenal. And I've done a couple of manifestation workshops and other stuff, but I decided to go all the way in um, with her recent program, which I just recently joined. So I'll let Good you guys know you. how that goes. I cool. love it. I have to say, you talked about fitness. I have to give a shout-out to... Okay, so first I have to give a shout-out to Apple Fitness. I love Apple Fitness. I follow it like a stalker. I do it every single day. I used to be a Beachbody. There was some controversy, some ethics over there. So Beachbody and I have a pause. But Apple Fitness, do you know that they recognize everybody? Um, They even have a trainer who has a, a leg. He's like a missing leg. So, and he has like a I don't know what to, like the right word, but he has another a replacement leg or yeah, a prosthetic, a prosthetic. Thank you. Mm-hmm. But there's one trainer that I just I'm in love with her. I think it's because she's British, but it's really her musical taste. So every trainer designs their playlist. Kim Nago. OK, this is my girl from Apple Fitness. I have to shout her out. And she writes me back. So I feel even more special because I love that. So mm-hmm. when she writes me back, I'm like. Oh my God, she's writing me back. And the other time, I'm going to tag her today because I just do her her new workout. But she did a Soka Carnival workout, like off of London Carnival. And I was like, Uh, Notting Hill. That's insane. I got to be this girl's friend. Uh, So, Kim, I have mad love for her. I'm actually going to tag her today if Instagram ever comes back out because I just (laughs) did her new workout this morning and it was all black history around the world because in October in the UK it's black history month and oh, she had cool. everything from the afro beats to like Jamaica to reggae in her so for me I feel like she could be my friend in real life so I really really like her as a trainer I also like I like all of them to be honest but Kim is my favorite sorry sorry apple fitness and I follow my brother's work I follow my brother he does um he builds bamboo plants. It's called oh, Montreal cool. bamboo. And he does them according to the colors that you desire or the flags. So he's actually made one for me and my husband. It's Japanese and Ghanaian and Nova Scotia. And I just gave 10 of them to school. They're purple and white because of our school colors. So I really have to shout him out. On a political level, Oz, I follow Impact. So Impact okay. is... Um, I really like them. I'm always watching to make sure the information is straight. But I really like the fact that a lot of their stuff is neutral bound. They can be very liberal, but it is neutral bound. But I I do like them. But I have to say, I got to give my shout out to Kim. That's my trainer right there. That's my girl. (laughs) 
Like, I really secretly want to be friends. She might be etching that Jill Scott level of how much I want to be friends. Maybe. With regards to the 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 activism, um, there is a social media account I follow. I don't want to. I don't necessarily want to put her in that boat, but she's been very vocal about anti-racist work. Um, and I actually saw her at a motherhood kind of event um, where she thanked her ancestors when she got on stage. And I thought that that was just so different and so cool for that type of event. Believe me, it was a very white event. Um, and she. She is a biracial woman and she's an author and a meditation guide. Um, and her handle is Beck's Life and her name is Rebecca Baruki. And I don't know if you've seen, she's very vocal, very outspoken. And she is also a founder of Row House Publishing, which is a publishing company that's geared towards people of color um, and marginalized communities because she actually comes from, and it was published by one of the major publishing companies. And she saw firsthand the inequalities that take place, um, especially in the wellness community, and how much toxic shit is pushed out there um, by a lot of a lot of you know wellness com you know people that are like influential and have a lot of followers and don't ever bring up anything when it comes to inequality um, and just push that toxic positivity out there. So I think she's really cool. Um, her page I love and I follow her uh, pretty religiously. Um, and another person that's kind of in that lane is Mel D. Cole. I don't know if you guys are familiar with him, but he's a photographer and he's actually known for his black and white photography of a lot of hip hop acts and music. But recently during this whole, the pro the protests that began with the Black Lives Matter movement, he's been in and on the scene with like a lot of the protests, uh, even when the Capitol building got stormed and his interviews with these people and his footage is phenomenal. First of all, he is so brave. Like he's a black man and he's, you know, in the faces of a lot of the, the whole Trump supporting MAGA people who are, you know, just pushing the the hate rhetoric and he really just blatantly asks them out front and he's just so cool about it and honestly you guys got to go check his work and i believe he has a book out i don't know what it's called i should have written that down i can't get on instagram right now but his work is him. phenomenal you got to check it out god bless him because it's not easy going out there and documenting this you know, reality that we live in right now, um, especially Absolutely. without the fear of potentially being attacked or, you know, having exactly. other issues come up. Um, so it's super important. I'm all for keeping receipts of everything that happens <laughs> because Absolutely. we just don't know what will take place down the road. You know, today we have people who are um, saying, well, I never knew about this and I never knew that this was part of my history. And now because of people like this guy you've just mentioned, they're, they're actually doing the work going out there documenting so much information yeah. that we need in order to show as proof in the future, you know? Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. What about you, Mar? Um, on the activism front, um, I had to actually just scale some of that down because I got a little overwhelmed during the uh, whole George Floyd era. Um, I was tired of seeing videos of not just George Floyd, but black men in general and black women and just uh, the BIPOC community being subjected to all kinds of just inhumane treatment. And so I started scaling back on a lot of this material because I felt like 
it just got too sensationalized. People cared more about posting videos of people enduring pain rather than, you know, the more substantial, um, not to say that that information isn't substantial, but it's just, it's, it's very traumatizing. And I just, I, I really didn't want to see it anymore. Um, I follow know your, know your rights camp, um, Colin Kaepernick's, uh, organization always follow that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, to me, I feel like I have to be very selective about the activists, um, accounts that I, that I follow. And I have to admit like earlier this year, I got more active in terms of following, uh, members of the indigenous community. Um, and one of those accounts actually is of iron dog books, because mm-hmm. of course I'm into publishing and literature and they are a, an indigenous owned publishing company, a bookstore, um, out of, uh, BC. And so I, I learned actually about a few interesting books, um, picked up a few copies myself, uh, earlier in the spring. Um, and it's just, for me, I feel like doing something like that is really helping me to learn more about the indigenous community, helping to understand a little bit more, um, about how to be more of an active participant in this community. I'm not a protester. I'm not a person that's going to go out in the street, you know, lifting signs and, you know, shouting to the, at the top of my lungs. God bless those who do. You are so much better than me. So much better than me. That, okay, pause, pause, But my pause, protesting pause. is in a bit of a different way. I like to use writing Good. as my weapon. <laughs> yeah, pause, because I was getting upset. Because, oh, hold on, my arm. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Protesting. I I really want to pause you there, Mar, because we're working, by the way, listeners, we're working on not interrupting ourselves, so bear with us. Um, (laughs) Protesting is about finding the way that's most authentic to you to make an injustice known. So when you say, God bless you, like I go out in the streets, people know I go out in the streets, but. And I I mean that God bless you, that you are going out there on a pretty regular basis to basically let the truth be known. I highly admire that. But that's me. But what I admire is that y'all are out there, got my back. You're doing what you can do. Oz is not even in the same country and she's supporting us. We're supporting her. Everyone's got to find their way to make change happen. So if that's you writing, Mar, if that's Ozzy deciding to work with certain artists and music, and everyone is part of this change movement. So I have to say that, that you've got to find the way that's most authentic to you to protest because all those voices are necessary in this new world order because the current system that we're in is in a hospice state. Good luck keeping it alive. Because yeah. it's got to go. Yeah. But, that, you know, you I got to write it out, write it out, sing it out. I don't care. Yeah. And I got to add to. Oh, go I'm ahead. Sorry. I wanted to add to the point that you made, Mar, because you said that you scaled back on that, on following the activists. And and this was something that this is a social media topic, right? This is why social media can be great or can be horrific, because, yes, you want to share the the injustices of the world. But a lot of that content that people were sharing was sensational sensationalism and was very triggering and traumatic. Very and actually though. it was yeah. the Bex it was Bex 
Rebecca Baruki's account that actually kind of brought that to the surface for me because her husband had shared a picture of George Floyd. I did not share that picture of George Floyd. I did not share that video. I didn't even watch the video. I never watched the video. I can't watch the entire thing. I just I I, I I never watched the video. I don't want to watch the video. And that's one of the reasons why I don't really, I have Sean King as I follow Sean King, but I can't look at his content because it's too much. And then at the same time, you want people to see that this is a reality. You can't deny that this is happening, but at what point is sharing helping? And at what point is sharing just doing more harm? Yeah, I think what, people need to understand is there's there's race-based trauma and when I when you absorb that comment that con that content as racialized folks we already know it we live it so um I have never watched the tape of George Floyd and I never will because I cannot etch that pain into my soul I don't want it I don't that pain, I know the pain. I'm familiar with that pain. Um, and I think people need to understand that when there are some people who want to watch it, but the martyrdom of George Floyd, the murder of George Floyd changed my whole content viewing because on TV, on Netflix, I won't watch certain things because I've become like my pain is out there now. It's funny that prior to George Floyd being like killed, and let's say it, he was killed. Murdered. Um, murdered. Murdered. That I could watch these things and be like, oh, people don't understand. Nah, 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 nah. But finally, that wound was open for everyone to see. And now I don't watch shows that are related to the content. Like I can't watch When They See Us because oh. I, I already know the story. And I get emotional and I get upset and I cry because that's my race based, that's my built up race based trauma of being in this world that really treats me like a piece of shit. And mm -hmm. now my pain no longer has a gate. So I can't hold it back. I can't, you know, I get really upset. And, and as a teacher, it's really hard because we talk about these things in class. And last year, I'll never forget it. And I, and it's the first time I've ever walked out of my class and left the kids. I said, see you later. A student said, I don't understand why black people get upset. It's not like Tantan -tan is killing people. So there's a comic, Tantan -tan is, is in, is a comic book. And there's a part where Tantan uh, -tan portrays black people as savages. And the student's like, I don't understand why you're upset because it's not like Tantan -tan is encouraging the killing of black folks. And for the first time, I acknowledged my pain and I and I left my room. I left. I took a walk. And the vice principal saw me. I said, yo, you better get that student before I do because you don't want me to come back up in there. And I did mm. put the student in their place. And I said, I think what you're saying is inappropriate. And actually, it's very triggering for people in the class. But it's the first time that I felt extremely triggered because now I don't have to hide it anymore. So mm -hmm. Instagram for me is a way to forget about how shitty the world is. And I watch stupid shit. I yeah. do. I watch Fair it. Enough. And I do, I, I do watch the activists because I want to know when the next protest is. I want to know what's going on. That's part of who I am. But you're right. I will limit the amount of exposure that I have because it now it's like getting whiplash on my soul. That's how deep it is for me. It's yeah. whiplashing my soul. And I'm like, I don't need to see it. All I have to do is walk down the street. I live next to the RCMP. 
I could be out there with a hoodie yeah. and that could be me. So, a- activism is not one dimensional. There's many yeah. forms, many branches, as you explained earlier. We all have to choose our channel and, and weapon we want to use this to, you know, how we want to, to, uh, protest. And, um, I, I, I became very selective. It's not to say that I'm no longer following activists as I'm selective about the type of activists yeah. and the content that they are sharing. Um, there's one account actually of a, uh, um, uh, a man by the name of Dr. Carl Hart, And the reason I started following him is because I read a review about his book, which is called Drug Use for Grownups. And he is a doctor. He basically is um, studying the area of drug use, its impact socially um, on, on families, on society as a whole, and even getting into the um, areas of biochemistry and mixing drugs and why drugs take, you know, one set of drugs taken with another set of drugs is a dangerous mix and how to properly combine drugs if you are going to partake in it. Um, And um, it's, it's, it's really interesting and really um, complex and the reason I appreciate it is because, look, we're, we're in a society where we've spent so many years, so many decades putting people in prison for drug use and because of their involvement in, in drug activities. And he is a strong advocate for decriminalizing drugs, uh-huh. um, a strong advocate for giving people more education and the tools uh, necessary to better manage their drug use. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's using himself as a guinea pig, <laughs> you know, he's, yeah. he's testing all of these, these theories out on himself and drawing into his own history of family dysfunction and, uh, growing up with, um, you know, seeing people in his, in his circle, uh, being drug users. And so for me, I feel like, Every interview I see of this guy, every single time I read content from this person, I feel like that is his form of activism. It's great. It's really good. I feel like finally someone is speaking sense. And instead of punishing a drug user, right. punishing people who are involved in, in, in drug use or just anything related to drugs, that we're now seeing someone who's got more um, empathy towards empathy, this right. community uh, and is giving them better education and better tools that we can use to move forward with with uh, with when it comes to drug use. And so, right. um, Dr. Carl Hart, really amazing, interesting guy. Uh, absolutely love his content. Um, some interviews I've seen him where he's speaking, and you can tell that maybe he's not really comfortable um, in the in you know a Q and A. Um, you know, but I totally understand the message that he's, he's getting across. And, um, for me, I, I just think that it's, it's gold. Like this is golden information that more people need to be uh, subject to. Right. And it's speaking to an audience that's like totally neglected and, and, you yeah. know, stig- stigmatized if that's the word, you know? So exactly. It's, it's pretty awesome. Exactly. And, um, Uh, to sort of shift it to a lighter topic, 
there's actually a um, a restaurant in New York that Dr. Nisha and I have frequent. We've actually been there. How many times have we been there? I think we went there once. And it was actually during the same month that we last saw you, Oz. Okay. Uh, the place is called Saigon Dep. Okay. And it is a Vietnamese restaurant uh, in New York. Um, and there, from what I recall, the back in the day, the reason I first joined, I love Vietnamese food. Um, so do I, girl. One of my uh, high school best friends is from Vietnam, so I've I've been exposed to all of the all of the delicacies from that country. And their specialty back in the day was uh, chicken chicken soup or chicken pho. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean. We all are like fall lovers and lovers. I knew about this place and I actually brought Nisha there uh, to eat the same day that we went shopping and went to see you at your mm-hmm. uh, at your uh, baby shower. And it was a really good place. Like they were just serving some of the greatest food that I've ever tasted. Some of the greatest I'm gonna have to go. that I've ever tasted ever. Um, so yeah, Saigon Depp. It's a Vietnamese restaurant. They have a, a Hong Kong location. The chef, I think, divides his time between Hong Kong, Singapore, and um, and New York City. But yeah, absolutely love that place. Really, so, talking about is. our pho, the pho yes. before I got married. Mm. Yeah, the last pho, such a great place. The last, the last single, single pho. pho. Sorry, folks, I had some unwanted guests on my balcony. Some amazing. That's really funny. Masks. I don't like, but. It. But since we're on the lighter note, I wanted to give you guys a couple of other um, sites that I follow. Just, just first of all, Asia Dang. I don't know if you guys are familiar with her, but she, again, six degrees of separation, but whatever. She happens to be dating one of the artists that's on August's label, Summer Child Records. But she's also a super cool influencer who has talked about becoming debt free. And I think this is where she kind of blew up because she got herself out of my love language. She's she got herself out of college debt, like two hundred thousand dollars worth of college debt. And she is such a great advocate for financial independence. And she also just started a company where she created um, financial planners called Master Plan. Um, and I purchased one of her planners and she's awesome. Now she's making a planner for college students and she's running her her own, you know, female owned business. And she is just really, first of all, she's gorgeous. That obviously helps because I love looking at her, but also, <laughs> also a woman of color. She's Asian. I'm not really sure what her background is, but um, she's very quick to shut down idiots on her on her comment section, which I appreciate. And she's just, she, she definitely, you know, um, has like an environmental impact kind of angle, uh, you know, supporter of small businesses. I just, I love everything about her. So you should definitely check her out. And of course, you know, I'm into the horoscope. So co-starology is what I follow. And I know you guys have seen me post my Gemini shit regularly, but those guys are ridiculous. I don't know Wait, why that again. What is it again? co-starology and and when i tell you i feel attacked every time i see a post i feel attacked every time i see a post and finally this is my last one and this guy is from i believe he's from harlem or uptown or somewhere but he's a comedian and he is 
absolutely inappropriate. So Nisha, this one might not be for you since your standards are a whole lot more elevated, <laughs> but his name is Ken Stars, and he is ridiculous, ridiculous. I mean, the shit he posts is totally wrong, but so funny. So if you guys ever just want to like laugh and feel bad about it, this is this is the site for you. That's good. This is the Instagram account. Sure. Exactly. I'm trying to think. What do I What do I watch? That's like stupid stuff. Um, no, I can't be all completely like pro this. No, I don't. Let me check. Let's see if it's up. Uh, I definitely know. I follow a few celebrities. That's definitely one of them. I follow a few celebrities that I like. Uh, I def- you know what? I have to give a massive shout out to one of the one of the accounts I follow. It's Ziplocs from CKUT ninety point Zip Garden. Uh, this dude is mad positive all the time. Sometimes it's in, it's nauseating how happy <laughs> Zippers is. And I love it. My, to be fair, it's it's a great story to tell because Zipper is one of the reasons why I met Ozzy and Mars. He is the actual reason I met them. Uh, I love hip hop. And he's like, oh, I, I know these these ladies that you got to meet who are doing this show. And I'm like, you know, it's hard to make friends at our age. We're in our 20s. We're like, ah, yeah. And thank God, you know, 23 years later, we're still all riding for each other. But shout out to Zip for bringing us together. But his account is nauseating positive. <laughs> oh, I love it. God. I'm more of that. Zip is happy. That's he, great. Uh, he loves his life in the good the bad the ugly the best as stuff. he should as oh he my should. gosh but i have to shout out because you know he's part of the butter babies local local hey. yeah you know shout out to him and, and child so i definitely got to send some love but my god can we can can you not smile for a day shit but can you know i do smile? i I do also follow, of course, a lot of music people, artists, songwriters, producers, executives, um, managers. And there are times where I find myself feeling like, shit, why am I not there yet? But at the same time, yo, I love seeing people win, man. I just love it, especially when you have some kind of, you know, relationship with people or you know them or you know them through somebody or even, you know, their story. And then you see them win. That That's a highlight for me, for sure. Yeah. But my favorite account, my favorite account ever has to be the account of my students who are winning. I won't lie. There I mean, go. I look at it as a collection of fo- possible future services for myself. One of them is a nurse. <laughs> one of them is a doctor, engineer, lawyer. All of these things I think about, oh, how will this help me in the future? So that's why I like following their accounts. Your network is your net worth, baby. That's right. All about it. I'm all about it. Mar, any last thoughts from you? Any last Instagram pages that you would recommend to us? Um, do I really want to go through any others? <laughs> not, <laughs> like, not, not really. really. <laughs> I mean, there's some interesting people like quite like to follow. Um, can I just say I have a thing for for like at least in what I perceive to be power couples in my in my mind. Mm-hmm. I love seeing Styles P and his wife. I really do. Like they are so cute together. I just love seeing like 
all of our old school hip hop guys with their with their loved ones and seeing Doing them family like, celebrate their family mm-hmm. life, you know, especially the uh, the couples, because I, I feel like that is so so well needed today. Yeah, and you know, in the year of our Lord of like the uh, you know summer walkers and the and so many other you know toxic um, the messy shit. Yeah, the messy stuff that comes out. And I feel like, man, I'm here for all the toxicity. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> like, sign me up. It makes for great music. But I really, really like seeing the power couples in the hip-hop yeah. community. I think that's so dope. I really I'm really going to follow. I had no idea. I got to check out Styles P and his I, wife now. And I, that means yeah. I got to shout out Toby. I can't say your last name yet, brother. You Nigerian. He uh, is a new. You oh, know who I'm talking about. I know who you're talking Toby, about. Yeah, Toby. Okay, I'll I can't. Try. I can't Hold remember on. it off. The I'm top gonna of figure my it head. out. Hold on. I know how to say his name. I just don't want my African husband telling me off. So. He he's amazing. I okay, I know so exactly what you mean. His Toby, artistic direction is just it's phenomenal. Nobuji, it truly is. If I'm saying it wrong, brother, please forgive me. But the way he rolls deep with his family him and his wife, his entire right. family. Yes. Him yes. and his wife who they call, uh, um, it's fat something. Anyways, there's a whole, Oh, you're talking about the artist that, that, yes. that, Oh, that shit is so dope. Oh my so God. Dope. And the song. So it's dope. A fight fight. Oh my God, dude. This Love is them. like my calling card song when I'm ready yes. to get ready to Love protest them. or mess up a kid at school. That's the song I put on. It's a fight fight. Oh, and incredible. The yeah. lyrics, like, I'm not going anywhere out my seeds. If I got a concert and I can't bring them, well, fuck your concert. This dude The whole is- family is dope. The whole yeah. family. Just love now, them. Love, love, the color, love them. color, I don't know about the pastel green, but I'll let that go. But it suits them. It's just the whole artistic direction of all of their videos and everything that they do. It's beautiful. It, re- <clears throat> excuse me, it reminds me so much of, do you remember when Solange came out with her album a few years mm. back? And she had all of these beautiful music videos to accompany Mm-hmm. her her songs and i just thought man this is like incredible visual art it's just so gorgeous from right down from the selection of the colors to the physical stance of each of the dancers in the videos yeah. the the way they laid themselves out it was just beautiful absolutely beautiful stuff yeah. man so i'm Instagram, i'm loving it love all you, those people who are doing that sort of thing youtube told me it's pronounced new week we again and his first name is toby chukuwu so my apologies brother uh, my apologies but him and his wife fat it's a fight fight all day i'll follow your instagram all day long you want to know what other family i love i love yara shahidi's family oh yeah love yes. yara's family shout love out them. to her to her iranian father who also is mm-hmm. incredibly hot, by the way. Right? He's older, but still, Oof. you know, so fine. He's and fine. her mom is her mom and is her gorgeous mom. too. Like yeah. she's just, I mean, blessed. You want to talk about blessed? That family is blessed. Exactly. Whole family. But I love seeing them as a unit. I love seeing them celebrate the, uh, you know, the Persian culture. Yes. You know, celebrate. Yeah. It's so cool to watch that, and and they just are always so outspoken about. Um, you know, everything, like just all the Black Lives Matter movement, environmental issues, they're just really out there and use their platform in a beautiful way. And I love seeing it. And they don't see it as competitive. Like, 
the Iranian and black culture. I mean, to be honest, you know, we already have Ozzy. So I felt like we were already introduced. So when I followed them, I was like, oh, I know this. Ozzy's <laughs> aunties taught me this. But, and you know, they're Nas's cousin too, right? So it can't happen. Word, right. They're all related. But that's a dope family. That's a really dope yeah. family. They're really about it, about it. And shout out to Yara going to, you know, Harvard doing her thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, but nah, you're right. The dad is hot. We love to see it. Yeah, bring on more of it. We're we're there for it. But anyway, guys, I think this was fun. You know, we kind of went into this like blindly, but I think it was it was a fun show, and we hope you like our suggestions. And we would love for you to to comment and let us know what accounts we're missing and what we should follow. You know, whether it's lighthearted activist, you know, whatever, just put us on. Because God knows we we need to scroll more. If you are an artist who is mentioned and you want to say hello to us, you can say hello to us on our own IG at Messy Podcast. Tr- no, Messy, Messy Truth, Truth Podcast. Podcast. Particularly, Jill Scott, you know, if you just want to say hey, <laughs> you know, I'm just saying, you know. To your I'm- number one fan. We can attest that she is your number one fan. We can attest to that. Yeah, any recommendations? Feel free to send them to us. I'm all for. I'm all here for the uh, the crazy uh, crime bullshit that goes on online. <laughs> Not to be confused with the traumatic videos I was talking about no, before. Right. Those are two totally different things. Very different. Very yes, different. yes. I'm here for two drunk people beating each other up in a parking lot and just <laughs> also oh, like God. dumb criminal shit. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Or the Karen videos. I love oh, seeing the Karen no. videos. My favorite thus far is probably the one. It's so simple. This guy was talking with uh, with a Karen, and she obviously was trying to police his presence in that particular neighborhood where he was parked. And um, he said, go on with your lavender, because she was wearing a lavender colored <laughs> shirt. <laughs> and then he started speaking in tongues to her. Oh, and she oh just God. turned around and she didn't know what to do. She started crying. Of course, they always cry. I oh, thought that was geez. the funniest response ever to a Karen. It was well, great. I, I had absolutely love those. I had a student, Mar, who asked me, what is the French version of Karen? Because they're writing. And I was like, Karen. What? <laughs> and I was like, do you need to translate it? Karen well, in English, is. Karen en français. I want to make sure you understand. I said, just put it in quotations. I'll understand. But Can I just tell you, my ahead, kids Ozzie. often say to me, don't like, don't act like a Karen mom. And it's just like, do you get what that means, guys? Because like I, I say I'm at a store and I like something, whatever, or somebody charged me too much or whatever. Some shit goes wrong. And I'm like, listen, I'm, I want to talk to a manager. And, and Miles is like, please, mom, don't, don't, don't go being a Karen. And I'm like, I think you're missing the whole point. <laughs> but <Exactly>. got you. <laughs> they shame it. Got you. Seriously. <laughs> Miles needs to understand there's a difference between demanding good customer service and policing black bodies in a I mean, really location. Don't completely you feel sorry different. for people named Karen now? Like, oh my No, God. I don't, as a matter of fact. No. Sorry. I know people named Karen. They're totally fine. They're doing Yeah, they're good. all right. They're, they're not a Karen, life. so they don't have to yeah. worry about it. Yeah. Well, I'm sure somebody will come up with an Instagram account now called All Things Karen and post I all think of there are videos. some. There oh, probably there are. Some. And you yeah. need to tell me where they are because I'm totally <laughs> following those. I don't know why I'm not following them already. <laughs> I don't know me, they're why out you're there. not following us. So keep following us at Messy Truth Podcast. 
Send us your send us your uh, accounts if you want us to follow and see what you got. I won't be the standards control person, I promise. I'll leave that to Mara Nods. And but it was wonderful today. Thank you, ladies. All right. So Thanks, stay tuned next week for more messy truths. Bye y'all. Bye y'all. Peace.